<laughs> Welcome to Start Talk All Stars. I'm your host, Natalia Reagan. I'm an anthropologist, primatologist, comedian, and co founder of uh, Boaz Network, which is an anthropology nonprofit. And today I'm uh, welcoming uh, for the first time on the show uh, Andrea Jones Roy, who is a fantastic comedian. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And she's a political scientist. Pretty cool. Uh, but today, I'm really excited because we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, Neanderthal Nookie. Uh, there was actually a really cool discovery in a Siberian cave of uh, an individual that, that ends up being 90,000 years old that is a first-generation, or what they think might be first-generation, hybrid of a Neanderthal and a Denisovan. Uh, these are basically two of our cousins. So this is an amazing discovery, uh, not only you know finding this sort of uh, thing, it's like a needle in the haystack, but it's also really neat to see that basically, you know, you can kind of get down with your cousins and you might actually thrive in, in, a, in a region. And today we actually have Dr. Shara Bailey, who we've had on the show before from New York University. She's a paleoanthropologist. And we are just so happy to have you here to talk about this incredible discovery. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be here. Yeah. No, we're, we're really thrilled. And again, like, you know, any sort of anatomically modern humans or Neanderthals getting down, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> Tell me more. This is fascinating. Yeah, I'm very um, excited about all this. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I woke up this morning, I was like, yeah. Today's the day. Today is the day. Yeah. So, okay, what exactly was this discovery? It was a, a basically an individual found in a cave. Right. And tell us where, uh, how old is it? All okay, the things. Okay, well, it's it's one of several fossils okay. found from this cave um, called uh, Denisova Cave. Um, and that's in Siberia, uh, near the Altai Mountains. And um, they had uh, previously... Oh, I just realized I brought some fossils with me. <gasps> Ooh, this uh, is even more exciting. Cast of the teeth. That's a cool sentence. So, over here. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have them in my backpack. Anyway, um, so they originally found a couple of teeth. And um, and they weren't. They didn't look like Neanderthals are very large. Um, they were able to... Um, and they also found a pinky bone, which then they got DNA out of, and they sequenced it and found it was something altogether different, something they weren't expecting. It wasn't Neanderthal. It wasn't modern human. A new cousin. Something new. So they called them the Denisovans. And we don't know if it's a different species of hominin because really all we have is pinky bone. And That's it. so far, wow. a couple teeth wow. and then a couple bits and pieces, right? So if you don't have a skull, it's very hard to identify uh, you know, a hominid to a species um, and because there's no yardstick that we can use to measure how much difference there it takes to become a new species. So yes. we're just calling them Denisovans or various other names. So they found these uh, three, two teeth and then this pinky bone. And then using what's really cool, and maybe Ryan can talk about it a little bit, is the, the, the method that they use to identify additional hominins in the cave. So most of the other bits and pieces were unidentifiable. They were just slivers of long bones which are your leg bones or your arm bones this is like a bone just fill or a cave just filled with all sorts of bones and animal bones and yeah and so like your puzzle right and so they used uh something called zooms to identify zooms. um yeah zooms. to look at zooms to look like at zooming in yeah like zooming in Great. right to look at the um collagen and look at proteins and they were able then to identify to the Let's say family, right? So here, in this case, there's uh, in the Altai, there, if there are anything that's related to humans, so hominin, hominoid, apes, it, it, it's only going to be humans because there's no apes up there. So if you find something that's in that larger family, it's got to belong to a human, some type of human. Um, and so they did that on a bunch of bones, and then they found this sliver of a long bone that then they they attributed to human and then they went ahead and then sequenced the DNA, which of course the, your next guest is going to talk about. And uh, the initial sequence showed it to be a Neanderthal because they looked at mitochondrial DNA. 
And then later they went back and they ran the nuclear DNA markup of it. And that's when they found out that it's actually a hybrid, probably a first generation hybrid, as they say in their paper, of a Neanderthal mother and a Denisovan father. Which is fantastic. It's not even that that's exciting. It's that they could get that out of these little tiny scraps of bone that people forever have just been putting aside. Like, oh, can't do anything with that. You know? Sure. And just so the folks at no, home uh, know, uh, mitochondrial DNA basically gets to the root of who the, who the mother is. or It's, it's, yeah, it's a, passed, a match. Yeah, it's it's a, passed okay. down along the mother's line. Mother's okay. line. Yeah. So. Can I ask and a very then, stupid question? Is it Neanderthal or Thal? Because I hear it both ways. And scientists seem to say Thal. So yes. I want to say that. So it's spelled T-H-A-L. Yeah. Um, but it's a German word. And okay. it's always been pronounced Neanderthal. Neanderthal. Yeah. Neanderthal. Even though they weren't. Super tall, so it's, no, it's a little confusing. Well, I was wondering that, like, the pinky bone, like, how big is it compared to a human? Like, what's the size? That we're, I assume they're all enormous. Yeah, it looks like a human. It looks like a human. Oh. It's a distal phalanx, distal part of the pinky bone. So oh, wow. it's probably, it might have had the, the apical tuft, which is this little puffy part at the end. It might have been a little mm. bit wider because Neanderthals had bigger hands okay. in general. Um, um, and and or archaic humans, and of course, this mm. is not Neanderthal. But it might have been a little bit larger, but basically looks like a human. So, okay. The, what makes this so interesting is this, in the past, you've always found, um, if it, was any sort of admixture between Neanderthals or uh, actually has there been other Neanderthal uh, Denisovan hybrids found no. but just this uh, is the first no so a couple um two of the fossils from the original you know excavations showed that there was some Neanderthal admixture right so yes technically they're hybrids but it was a small percentage of neanderthal dna okay it wasn't like this where you're like okay mom's a neanderthal and dad's a denisovan awesome so let's let's talk a little bit about what what that means in terms of like who's mom what tell us a little bit about neanderthals oh uh, neanderthals are um of course an extinct species that lived from depending on who you ask somewhere around I would push it back because I include the material from Cima de los Huesos in Spain as pre-Neanderthal. So let's say 400,000 years ago until around 30,000 years ago, 34,000 years ago when they disappeared. And that that corresponds or correlates very highly with when modern humans emerged into uh, into Neanderthal territory. They were short on average about five and a half feet tall. They were stocky. They were well adapted to their environment. They were very strong. They had... um, uh, really large muscle attachments for their strong muscles. They had big articular surfaces where your bones come together, again, indicating they had a very active lifestyle. I'm just sort of picturing the Hulk. Is that fair? Apart from um, he's too tall and green? It, Otherwise, too, I think very close. <laughs> yeah. That's basically too it. big and green. And, yeah, yeah, okay. But but I wouldn't want to get into a fight with a Neanderthal. Okay. Yeah, yeah like an arm wrestling, I feel like a Neanderthal or a chimp is just like bad, bad it news. Would, yeah. Win. Right. Yeah. yeah. But how long Plus do minus, Neanderthals yeah. live? Like, they have a long lifespan? Uh, well, you know, they, it's really hard to tell because okay. when we, with the way we age skeletons is we look at the degree of arth- arthritis and these are really active people or we might look at hmm. tooth wear. Yeah. But they were also Eating using their teeth a lot. Stuff, so, you know, we, they probably live to be in their 50s or so. Okay. I imagine. Okay. You know. An interesting thing that I, I read about this particular discovery is, is the Neanderthal uh, DNA was not from necessarily in that region. It was, it looked like the mom might have been uh, a descendant from those in Croatia. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that might have come to be? Well, I mean, I think it's, it is very interesting because you would, 
your expectation would be that then, you know, the Neanderthal DNA in this hybrid would link up closely to the other Neanderthals that are found in the area. And in fact, that's not the case. So what that suggests is there is a lot of population movement going on. Um, so these groups must have been in contact with one another, mm. perhaps swapping mates and, and doing those kinds of things. Great. And, and next up, because there's less information about Denise Evans, of course, I want you to talk to us a little bit more. You already kind of touched on how we discovered Denise Evans, but um, where, where exactly, uh, who exactly, when they do uh, modern day testing, has Denise Evans DNA in them? Oh, well, um, the highest frequency of Denise Evans DNA has been found in uh, Papua New Guineans and Australians and in South Asian and some other uh, populations wow. of Asia. I got to do a 23andMe or yeah. something like specifically <laughs> no, right? for Denise Evans. And, uh, and Tibetans, um, which is interesting because um, there could be some links to um, high altitude adaptations that they might have gotten from the Denise Evans. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So, but, but obviously, what, what's funny is we haven't or at least we don't know that we have found any Denisovans in those areas where we find the most Denisovan DNA hmm. in modern humans. But the funny thing is, is that a lot of the Asian material, I mean, none of it's been sequenced for DNA. And so it's very possible that that fossils we already have, maybe even some skulls that we have, could be Denisovan. So is this because we have new genetic like testing ability that we're able to learn all this stuff now? I don't know anything. Yeah. It's like why all of a sudden we like know more. Well, there, there's cool. a couple things. People are very hesitant to allow you to cut up their bones and cut up their fossils. Right? I am very hesitant. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> yes. hard to get <laughs> fingers. Uh, we'll hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's hard even sometimes to let them get you to have them let you micro CT or okay. scan right. them with X-rays that might damage um, them and something. Right. Because okay. you can always break them and. Or and Just but bones. but the, yeah. the methods are getting better so that you can take very small amounts out of it. So, um, and also when you're dealing with scrappy pieces of unidentified, otherwise unidentifiable bone, that's the kind of stuff that people's going to people are going to let you sequence. Okay, right? they don't want you to cut up their skull they're scraps. But if but there's like, a bunch of my stuff pinky there, bone. yeah, and they're <laughs> like, well, we don't know what that is. Go ahead, use your zooms, find out if it's a hominin. <laughs> And then, yeah, go ahead. This just you know, sounds then like you're not really damaging anything that has any diagnostic morphology. Like Halloween when you have like a bags of candy and you're like, take my fucking yeah, circus take peanuts. The, exactly. <laughs> okay, right. the Mary Janes, right? Yeah, 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 the yeah. Smarties. Yeah. Give me all the chocolate. I'll take a circus peanut, but yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who Denizen, Denivins are. Am I an Denizens. idiot? Denizens. Denizens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a okay. relative. It's, it's, it's a branch. So of, um, of the hominin. Okay. Evolutionary tree. Okay. Um, that, that link up more closely with Neanderthals than they do with Homo sapiens. Okay. So it seems okay. to be a branch, something that branched off of Neanderthals. Okay. Hundreds of thousands of years okay. ago. And then even more hundreds of thousands of years before that branched off from the Homo sapiens lineage. And are those the three big ones? Cause I only knew humans and Neanderthals. Well, I also wanted to ask about yeah. there, there's a, there's a unidentified. Um, it, it seems like a hominin that is still kind of in mm. the ether where that we know that there's DNA, but there's no actual. Huh. Yeah. Of yeah, there's probably a number of them. And in Africa, they've identified archaic um, DNA. They can do that uh, by looking at the length of the sequences that are preserved in modern humans. And they've identified places where there's definitely archaic DNA in modern recent humans. Hmm. But it's not Denisovan. It's not Neanderthal. Jeez. So we don't know what it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the pieces of the puzzle are just kind of keep this coming very in. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really interesting time for paleoanthropology. It really is. It's super. Wow. Super yeah. Um, well, I just another thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the medical uh, implications of any sort of admixture. I mean, you touched on how maybe uh, the benefits of 
of, of you know of uh, spicing it up and, and mixing with <laughs> with different uh, cousins. What, what, what is, is that, that sex euphemism? Uh, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Kissing cousins, uh, skipping <laughs> cousins. Yeah, but yeah, it, what what are some benefits to maybe you know having a, a little uh, love fest with a Denisovan? Well, it, it's funny because most people think in terms of um, consequences being negative, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, species have evolved um, d- distinctly and there are mechanisms in place to keep them from mating with one another, right? And so when you do have species um, intermating and producing hybrids, a lot of times they are less healthy. Not Sometimes they don't live. Sometimes they're sterile, right? And those are the kinds of things we usually yeah. focus on. But I'm thinking of like the ligers and donkeys. And exactly, like that, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Donkeys? Um, mules. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ligers and mules. A lot of donkeys and, riding in. Yeah. Mad at me. Yeah. You're fine. I get a lot of hate mail from uh, yeah. hee-haw. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but there are, recently there have been some studies that have shown that um, it's very, it, it's very likely that there are advantages as well. And especially when two are very uh, recently diverged. So, you know, like Neanderthals and modern humans only diverged about 700,000 years ago. And studies have shown that mammals that have diverged as much as 2 million years ago can still intermate and produce hybrids. Hmm. And sometimes they, they are even fertile. Hmm. Um, uh, but a lot of those that are like really far apart have wonky things like two canines instead of one and extra molars and weird things. But to get back to your Come question, I know. Oh, like two canines. Yeah, like, right. yeah. Well, this is the thing. Is that novelty? Yeah, I can use that. Yeah. <laughs> novelty allows you to uh, adapt, right? And so um, some of the things that have been found um, in higher frequencies or the areas of the genome that have higher frequencies of archaic DNA, Denisovan DNA, are these in... Um, Tibet are the genes associated with high altitude um, adaptations. Um, for Neanderthals and modern humans, it's possible that right uh, modern humans coming out of Africa right would have not been adapted to European mm-hmm. high latitudes. Um, and the DNA um, that seems to be preserved in higher frequencies are related to skin color, um, actually height, a number of other things that would have actually allowed humans to adapt faster into this new environment. Well, so, hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. You go to a new place – Hook up with someone there. Your kids are better off in that yeah. new place than yep. they would be. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Noted. So you're gonna absorb it's hybrid vigor. Hybrid, yeah, hybrid vigor. We have a name for oh, it. Stop. I like it. Yeah. How do we get T-shirts that say hybrid vigor? <laughs> we, we can make it. We I'm can make it. Yeah, exactly. Vigor, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I actually Ford hybrid vigor. Okay, that's like yeah. such a good like it's immigration right. policy. Like hybrid. Okay. Anyway. Uh, no, no, it's, it's all fascinating because I, I do think that that's one of the things that gets lost sometimes in in, in modern day. There are some people that don't believe that diversity is good. Diversity is great. Fantastic yeah. for a, a species um, and a population. Uh, I also I say some more disparaging things about Ireland and Scotland about gene mixing. Oh, <laughs> we'll leave that hey, out. I was conceived in Kentucky, so yeah. uh, I will end so it diverse. end that there, right? Uh, I want to just talk a little bit about how weather, uh, uh, how you know, different adaptations, uh, specifically uh, in Neanderthals, that made them you know better, maybe because right now we're going into climate change and obviously things are getting warmer. But when it was really really cold, you know, what made it easier for Neanderthals to sort of thrive in that particular climate? Well, Neanderthals were, um, they evolved during a relatively cold period, but in actual, and people, a lot of people don't know this, they lived during both warm and cold hmm. time periods. And, um, and their demise is actually, or when they go extinct, is um, linked to a time period where it was very cold, which they're already adapted to, but it was also highly variable. So that the climate change was, oh was on the range of like within a generation, like within oh, one's wow. lifetime, the okay. temperature could have had massive um, temperature fluctuations. And of course, that's going to affect 
the plants around and what's available to eat and yeah. all that stuff. And it's <laughs> Anyone else freaking out? I was like, ah! we've had a very weird year. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then you compound that by modern humans coming in, then you've got a whole mess. But Neanderthals were, were um, cold adapted. I think the best evidence for their cold adaptation comes from their body form. So they were relatively short and stocky. So um, they had a, a large body mass, so their torsos would have been rather thick, and this helps conserve energy in cold climates. And when you look at mammals all around the world, mm. those that are, you know, if you compare the Arctic hare to the California hare, the Arctic hare is short with little short ears and short legs, and the California hare has really long ears and long legs, right? And so in the long leg uh, situation, that allows you to dissipate heat, right, and cool yes. down, and in the short leg, a short arms and legs mm-hmm. or ears and all and stocky allows you to conserve heat. So that's that's what we have uh, for good evidence that they were cold adapted. Why are like aren't Scandinavian people really tall? And isn't that or did yeah. should I not map hairs? No, it's it's a little. Yeah, well, it's then little. You, you then now you're putting in um, culture, yeah, right, yeah. and all these other things yeah. and time and but migrant yeah, and and there's always going to be exceptions. <sighs> it's too. hard. It's hard to know. So speaking of climate change, our next question is brought to you by my radar app. Uh, is how how did Neanderthals Christ how did Neanderthals deal with drastic weather changes? Well, that would be uh, that's a difficult question to answer. Um, and we can talk in terms of broad climate change um, and uh, climatic adaptations. Uh, Neanderthals were adapted for cold. Uh, they they evolved in a time period when it was very cold. Uh, they had short limbs, legs, and arms, and they had massive bodies, and all that helped them stay warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also had sophisticated culture. And so, you know, they would have been doing what they could. They would hang out in caves if it's raining. They're not going to stand out there in the rain and be like, ooh, <laughs> what? This stinks. You know, they go yeah. into the cave. Having stood outside in the rain just now, that doesn't make me <laughs> feel good really about stinks. myself. Cavemen so. made them smart men. Yeah. So, but I mean, ultimately, what's really interesting is ultimately probably it's climate change that led to their demise. That in, in okay. addition, in combination with the influx of modern humans from Africa into Europe. So at the time we see Neanderthals disappear, there's marked fluctuations in the climate. It's it's during a generally a cold period, but the, if you look at the the way they track climate, it's it's warm, it's cold, it's warm, it's cold. It's, and within like one's lifetime, it could yeah. change dramatically. And of course, climate change is not only bad weather and things, but it changes the flora, the the plants yeah. that are around, and then that changes the animals that are yeah. available. And then if you so what they're hunting, what's available for them to hunt, and then you throw modern humans into the mix and you know, within 5,000 years, they're gone. So basically, Aye, climate right. change and alien invasions are yeah. the end Pretty of much. That's, yeah, exactly. Or asteroids. It's, it's good to know. It's kind of an alien invasion. It's calming yeah. to know how it's going to end. That's cool. But uh, unfortunately, we have to wrap up this part of the show. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Shara Bailey, thank you for being here. <laughs> Welcome. Thank uh, you. Where can we find you? I, I mean, I know you're at New York University, but are you on any social media that you would like to plug or any sort of papers you want to? I'm on Facebook. She's on Facebook, <laughs> and uh, and I'm I have we have a paper coming out um, this fall that's super exciting, and I wish I could tell you about today because it is relevant, but I'm not allowed to, or they will kill me. Oh, we don't want you to die because we want you to come back. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and by the way, Dr. Shara Bailey t- uh, mostly studies teeth, um, and so uh, we actually have a podcast you should check out if you're into teeth, and I love teeth. So teeth. yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's yeah. good, we'll good stuff. Later. Yeah, yeah. that's, the, that's the molar of that story. Nice. Okay. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, we're gonna start a comer- uh, we're gonna go to commercial and uh, uh, stay tuned. We're gonna have more uh, DNA fun. Neanderthal Nookie.
Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your host Natalia Reagan, joined by my hilarious co-host Andrea Jones Roy. Hello. And uh, we're talking about uh, actually Neanderthal Nuki, a mixture between Neanderthals, Denisovans, and sometimes Homo sapiens. And with us, we have Dr. Shara Bailey from New York University and Dr. Ryan Rom from Lehman College. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, this is like one of my favorite topics is just like getting to know the family tree, right? <laughs> That's basically what this is, is... Filling yeah. in those blanks. More and more branches all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, what are the odds of us splitting off? That's what I've been thinking about. It's better than coming together. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're talking actually about a discovery of an individual that is most likely a first-generation hybrid between a Denisovan and a Neanderthal, which are two cousins of Homo sapiens, correct? Yes. Right. So we're going to talk about... Because Ryan is, studies, he's a geneticist, and this is all in his wheelhouse. But Shar uh, can definitely chime in about how did they determine that this was a Denisovan and Neanderthal hybrid? Right. So, I mean, as Shar said before, you know, this is sort of an astonishing, well, one, it's astonishing to actually find one of the things. I mean, we know that humans and Neanderthals interbred. You know, we know that Denisovans and Neanderthals interbred from prior evidence. But you know, the odds you would think would be really low of finding like, right? that first, you know, or one of those first individuals. And as Shara mentioned earlier, the other thing that's really cool about this is they use just kind of scraps. You know, it's all these little chunks of fossil bone that, you know, bits of, the, you know, the arm bones, the tibia, the fibula, the leg bones, you know, fibula, leg bones and whatnot that are, you know, looking at them, you can't even really tell what they are, you know. Could be a dog, could be a, you know, could be a goat, could be a human, who knows? <laughs> Wouldn't that be disappointing? I if like it that just, game. Yeah. You're like, oh, we found a new hominid, or oh, it's a goat. It's uh, a goat, yeah. Very new hominid. Exactly. <laughs> also known as a goat. <laughs> Quite a hybrid. Um, so, I mean, they use, so they did this sort of really cool sort of sequential technique of, okay, let's do something fast and cheap first. That's which, yeah. as Shara mentioned earlier, with the zooms, where we can like, oh, okay, we can take 100 bones test them all, see which one of them looks like it has the feet, you know, has these, you know, has the proteins that look like maybe human proteins. And then after that, they sort of take it up, you know, the next cheapest thing you can do is to sequence the mitochondrial DNA, which is a tiny, you know, which relative, you know, of your total DNA is tiny, right? Your, your norm, your full genome is 3 billion base pairs, give or take. That's a lot uh, of base pairs. Does seem. Um, and the mitochondrial genome is 16,000-ish. But it, what's really cool, I think, now is just the, the accessibility uh, to ancient DNA that we have. I mean, when did when were they first able to sequence ancient DNA, and and what is the oldest now that they've been able to sequence? Yeah, the first Neanderthal was mid nineties. Yeah, which but they was, were doing animals before. They were doing animals before, but nineties for our purposes today. You know, yeah, nineties. Wow. Yeah. yeah, what were we doing before? Just like right? looking at bones and guessing. Just try. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. guessing. Yeah. Well, that's actually trying to get DNA, but it took a long time, and then the me- and as Ryan was saying, the the methods have just changed exponentially since what they used to do. Yeah. What they used to be able to get out of it, and and how easy and how cheap it is now yeah. to do it. But and then I think the oldest ones. Well, they did seem to Those those are the are those the oldest hominins still? Uh, well, on the last time we came up, I was corrected on this. There's oh. a horse from like seven. Oh, the horse. Oh, okay. years ago. So yeah, that's a lot. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and I'm I'm curious. I've got two anthropologists here, so I'm thrilled that uh, I can ask you this: Are, uh, lumpers or splitters? Because in the anthropology world, uh, well, and I think also in the biology world, the idea of of speciation, like wh- where do you draw that line between mm-hmm. you know this? You are one species, and you are another. Um, are you guys lumpers? Like lump them all together or splitters? What are you, Ryan? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's an interesting question. Ha! I mean, in the, in the sense, well, you know what? <laughs> you can, the door well, no, is right there. Yeah, well, in the sense that you know, in the you know, in anthropology and biology, you get people like arguing. People we've argued about is Neanderthal a distinct species for like since the 1800s. So is a lumber and someone who's like Jeeves and puts the, them all together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they call Neanderthals Homo sapiens Neanderthalensis. Um, you know, it's just kind of classic an lumber. Extinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would. T- typical. Yeah. What about you, Shara? Well, you- I mean, it depends. Yeah. So I'm happy to lump Cima de los Huesos in with Neanderthals because they're very cl- closely related, obviously by by their their DNA shows that, and their and their morphology shows that. Um, uh, actually, they're very closely related to these events for the mitochondrial DNA. So that's that's also very interesting. But um, but then for other things, then I I would take a splitter view. So I like it. I'm yeah. I'm not one or the other. I just try to take the data and case you know, by case, case by case, and figure it out. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. I mean, there's all these. There's all sorts of interesting questions about biology and yeah. lifeway and subsistence and interaction with the climate. It seems to me. To me, it seems just kind of boring to argue about the semantics of do you call them a species or a subspecies but or the yeah. reason it was so important in the past is because they were. There, there was this big debate over modern human origins and did we all evolve in parallel around the world, which would mean we're all the same species, mm. or did modern humans, homo sapiens, evolve in Africa and then replace everything? So for that to happen, Neanderthals had to be a different species. And that's why everybody was focusing on, yeah, on that, at least sure. with regard to what we're talking about today. That's why Neanderthals, whether Neanderthals were a different species or not, became important because it played into this debate over right. modern human origins. Right. Uh, but as Ryan says, I mean, there's so many far more interesting questions out there, especially now that we know that it's not one or the other, but actually modern humans evolved in Africa. And then when they met other archaic groups, you know, yeah. had a little party, we got around, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little, a little uh, spin the, the uh, Welcome yeah. to the neighborhood yeah. bash. Yeah. We found the oldest Franzia box. <laughs> <laughs> Of course they did. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing that I, I found fascinating is when, for the longest time, there were two different camps, and I would like you know maybe touch on this how there really were two different camps. Those that thought you know Neanderthals and, and anatomically modern humans did not admix. There is no way uh, Neanderthals were a lot more. Um, I, I hate using the word primitive, but not as sophisticated in terms of uh, their culture uh, as anatomically modern humans. And then of course, when they were able to sequence DNA. They found, oh, hey, they actually did admix, meaning get down with anatomically modern humans. Um, did that surprise you? It sounds to me like you didn't. Were not. I mean, from, <laughs> the, from my perspective, from a dental perspective, I never saw any evidence of this. Um, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised we found it eventually. Yeah. But I didn't see any evidence in the teeth of it. Um, you know, but I'm actually I'm thinking about having a student go back and relook at some things that I've looked at. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good for that oh. student. Be like, go back and <laughs> yeah, look at this again. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fix it but that's me. one of the things I think is so interesting about science and the public sometimes can be you know super critical and then the fact that you know science isn't static it isn't right. fixed it's constantly changing as you get more data it's you got to amend those theories those ideas and and if you don't you're kind of you yeah. know, losing the whole point and you're not doing good science. Right. Yeah. 
No, I think, isn't it that like all science is wrong and we just sort of figure out. Yeah, we're trying hopefully to hopefully tweak it. it to be less wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get to be right for a while until you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it always moves it forward. Yeah. You know, you're still learning. Every, everything is a step, is a learning process. Yeah. Yeah. So the there right. are lots of theories that we can say are wrong now. Sure. Which is information yeah. that we didn't have before. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite theories are wrong. You know, like what? The Earth is flat. Ah, oh, it's a good one. Totally. Oh, oh yeah, really good one. <laughs> right? What is it? It's the yeah, geocentric universe. That was a good one. You know, we felt yeah. good about ourselves back then. God, I know. I, I, everything revolves around us, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah, bring yeah. it back. Bigfoot. You know, I, I've never really quite believed, but I just like. Yeah. People think I believe, and I'll yeah. just let them. I'm looking to disprove gravity pretty soon, so that's. Oh, good. It might not even know. be a theory. I don't that. know. <laughs> hey, social scientist, I have no idea. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Were you surprised when you uh, saw that data in terms of anatomically modern humans and Neanderthals at mixing? Um, I mean, the data was what it was, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, everything up to that hadn't shown anything. <clears throat> and you know, interestingly, that. You know, there is some weird, there's some oddities about the whole admixing process too, in that, say, um, no Neanderthal mitochondria and made it into modern humans. Mm-hmm. So, what does that, you know, what, what's yeah, up with what's that? that? <laughs> I mean, right. Um, and also, um, I think there's only one of Neanderthal genomes that shows any evidence of modern human ancestry. So, the mm-hmm. gene flow there is yeah. That's interesting. from Neanderthals into modern humans and not. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, there's only about 10 genomes right now, so you know, it's not a huge sample. <laughs> but still, they're from a pretty broad geographic range. And there's not really much evidence of the other way around. I mean, to me, like to defend your original question, like the lumpers, mainly because I'm starting to trying to start a fight in the room. But the, <laughs> oh, yeah, the lumpers no, no. versus splitters, like to me, that seems like an interesting question because it depends on how much we know. And if we think that they're two different things and then we find that they're actually connected, then it's an interesting question whether two different things, this is technical terms, two different things got yeah. together or were the same thing this whole time, right? Like it's, right. it seems semantic, but to me, it's sort of like how we organize the world, right? I don't know. I don't it know. is how we organize the world. We're very yeah. comfortable with categorizing things. We like, we like to, to put yeah. things in the categories and yeah. we don't like when they cross. No. Is it, I mean, would I mean, it be? Really definitely, like they're definitely different things, right? Sure. They're different lineages <laughs> the and whatnot. I'm offering. But, um, you know, do we need to put a name specifically on it? And, you know, because it's, well, it, you know, it's at yeah. this, you know, Neanderthals, humans, Denisovans are at that sort of, are you know, at, at the time, at least we're at that sort of awkward point of speciation where puberty, I don't know what's going on. The puberty you know, like of speciation, half Neanderthal, exactly. half denizen, whatever. I'm Neanderthal-ish. Yeah. Ish. yeah. Uh, well, it's almost like, a, yeah, I, I wonder, I mean, I don't know if we could go this far, but looking at like speciation as a, you know, just a spectrum, a full spectrum where, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, well, what spectrum are you? Because I, I definitely sometimes walk down the street and I'm like, definitely pretty high percentage Neanderthal. Look <laughs> yeah, at the, yeah, you yeah. know, look at the brow ridges on that one, mm-hmm. you know, like you just kind of just see, I mean, not necessarily, you know, I can't go over there and just, you know, pinprick them and get some blood and sequence it. I Maybe I could. In New York. You can if you mm, run. In New York, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that happened to me oh, on the hair. subway here. Uh, I'm reasonably yeah, certain I'm I know, the hair thing is, yeah, there's, I definitely have seen yeah. hair of people and I'm like, maybe I should just, um, but we, Todd would do it for you. Todd, yeah, we have a friend, Todd, <laughs> shout out to Todd Desitel at New York University who, um, uh, yes, he has a great lab for sequencing, uh, sequencing the DNA. And just a side note, you guys, if you do want to take hair, you got to get the follicle, right? Follicle oh, is where no. you got, yeah, exactly. If you just get a strand of hair, no follicle, right. you are SOL. I've you been wasting, that. I have to go. 
I wasted all my time. <laughs> lab, I have to haul. There's a lot Where's of money. Where's my hairbrush? Yeah. Andrea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's not weird. Uh, but no, I, I just find it very interesting, just the idea that, you know, speciation, where do you draw that line? Yeah. Um, and also now that we're looking at the fact that, you know, you don't even need a full skeleton or even really a full bone to to determine, uh, you know, what this individual might have been. What does this mean for the future in terms of like, you know, is, is DNA more important than morphology? <laughs> well, we, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think one of the, I mean, one of the things that's fight, one, fight. Come on. Well, well, yeah. one of the most frustrating things about the Denise events is that we don't know what they look like. Yeah, we don't. I mean, they obviously look. Kind of like a Neanderthal, kind of like a modern human. No, like, no. They look kind of like us. How do we know what Neanderthals are like? We, t- well, I mean, they weren't they weren't teeth. elephants. You know, they, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, it's a hominin. It was a hominin. Probably five foot something. Yada yada yada. But snooze fest. <laughs> Yawn. Yeah. Anti Denisovan in here. Well, yeah. we just have the tooth and the in the yeah. keybone, right? That's it. That's just, all yeah. we know about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we're the jury's still out. There might be. No, we need to start looking in caves. More. They're just yeah. far well, fewer. No, but we some of the no things idea. we have could be diseases. Yeah, yeah, that's actually in in Asia. Are people I mean, going back and looking? Is this what you're assuming? Well, again, are? I mean, I don't. No, that's a different. Oh, okay. But, but, I mean, I don't know if that you have to get people to allow you to cut up their fossils. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anybody's going to want to really take a big chunk out of Dali. Please uh, yeah. let us. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you know, know go to the museum it's now. Controversial. Yeah. There's a number of yeah. fossils that have been called archaic Homo sapiens because oh. they've got big brains, but they got big brow ridges and. Um, you know, and when I look at them and I look at the Denisovan teeth, I don't see any, uh, you know, correlation between those two. Um, in fact, these Denisovan teeth are really big uh, and, and, I mean, unusually big, like the size of, like, Australopithecine, like things that are four million years old big. What's that? Um, and one of the consequences mm-hmm. of hybridization is that you can get extra big either bodies, right, with a liger that yeah. we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier or extra big teeth or extra teeth. So I was actually... I thought it would have been really cool if those teeth turned out to be hybrids, you know, like yeah. closer to the first generation. Wait, how big are these teeth that you're, well, like compared to ours? Like a mole. They are in her purse. Big. So oh, like one and a half, yeah. one and a half times the size <laughs> like of a your tooth. Serious, yeah. like marble. And no, the, it's, Neanderthal it's teeth cool. are like the same size as ours. Okay. So, yeah. Um, They're- yeah, comparable. We actually have to wrap up this part of the show, uh, but stay tuned because we have more and we're going to have to say goodbye to Dr. Shara Bailey from New York University. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. For me. Oh, nice I love you. talking to you. And, and Dr. Ryan Rom's going to stay with us. So so stay tuned and, and we're going to talk more, uh, more admixture. Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your host Natalia Reagan, and I'm joined by my hysterical co-host Hello. Andrea Jones Roy. Here, uh, and we are with uh, Dr. Ryan Rom from Lehman College, and we're talking about uh, we're talking about hybrids, Denisovan and Neanderthal hybrid found in a Siberian cave. Really exciting. Uh, and it's Netflix specials writing itself. Oh, it's actually, just I would watch. You this. know, apps. You guys. You know, uh, you, well, I, and I'm sure Netflix will buy it because. Well, you know, buy it for me. I need yeah. <laughs> I need well, the money. Absolutely, and I I I, I challenge anyone to Google uh, Neanderthal voice uh, because there actually is a great video on done by the BBC about what Neanderthals would sound like. Because oh, cool. if we're casting this feature, there is a great guy well, that cast like Urkel. Then exactly, yes, really. Let's talk about yeah. So Neanderthals uh, were thought to have sort of a higher voice based on the hyoid bone, <sighs> um, and just the, the I think it was the actual uh, just sort of thickness of the bone. Um, and even the heaviness of the face. And so the man who 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 does the voice, uh, Ryan, do you want to maybe do an impression? I'll do mine in a you, minute. You can do your impression. I don't think I can get my voice that high. One, two, three. 
Really? Yeah, no, it's very high. It's high, high pitched. It's nasally. I wasn't even nasally in, oh. enough, but uh, the man actually does this a wonderful uh, impression of what a knee wow. would sound like. So, although it's not entirely clear that that no, 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 necessarily no, no. sound like this that. Is, uh, yeah, and I should say this is all just uh, you know, sort of just a, a big hunch, a guess. Yeah. Really, it's not wow. rooted. I mean, it's it's basically like what do we know just from the morphology, um, but. You don't study the morphology. You study you study the genes. Yes, I do. Yeah. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, the actual genetics uh, behind this discovery. Um, this was a needle in a haystack find. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, they sort of went for it. And, um, you know, I, they certainly weren't looking for a hybrid at any point, really. You know, they were just trying to find yeah. You know, they're like, this is a cave. We know there are Neanderthals. And <laughs> we know that there are Neanderthals and Denisovans in here. We don't have any other fossils that I'm look. sure of it. There's a, yeah. We don't have any other fossils that we can identify. But we got this big pile of scraps. Why? Stop me if this is too boring. Why were we in this cave in the first place? Just we had a hunch that there was something there? You know, people go surveying all the time. Okay. And, you know, some, you know, all of the, all of, you know, pretty much all of the um, fossil sites that we have are, you know, People made educated guesses about, okay, okay, the geology of this is about the right age. Cavemen live you know, in. Or, you know, this could be a cave shovel. Yeah, Let's go yeah. in. <laughs> I know. Let's start with the caves. Mm. <laughs> so, well, and they just, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure when they found the Denise Van Cave in the first place, they probably looked at 20, 30 caves. Okay. You know, they looked at a whole bunch of sites and just okay. sort of stumbled across one that had something that looked good. Man. Hey, Jim, see any, see any bones in there? No, Carl. Next cave. I mean, but if they're tiny bones, you're walking around... I mean, this just seems very difficult. Like, I can't find keys in my own apartment. Like, this is... <laughs> yeah, no. There are oh. fragments of keys, to be fair. I yeah, should, right. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, say like this, I mean, different time period. Um, one of the people that I'm sort of vaguely affiliated with NYU who does, like, Silk Road archaeology, um, he was in the field this summer for, you know, about a month and a half just driving around Kazakhstan looking at cool. cave sites and whatnot. To this see. is Radu. Yeah, Radu. I feel like when we learn about the scientific method, it doesn't cover enough, like, roaming around yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the absolutely. middle of Central Asia. And yeah. I mean, let's yeah, And I don't think they did any, I don't think he did any excavations or anything during that time period. They were just going around and like, okay, let's <laughs> climb into this cave and look around and see if there's anything there. And then cool. we'll go here and see if there's anything there. Yeah, well, I mean, a great success story is the Rising Star Expedition. Basically, uh, two cavers in, in South Africa went into a cave, which was already established in a known cave, Rising Star Cave. and But they had gone down into a cavern that was so narrow that only really, really skinny people could get through. And it was these two young men. And uh, they found uh, what they, they knew it was something. But I, I believe the camera didn't work the first time. And they had to go back a second time <laughs> to take photos. Like of I went all the way down there. And you had the. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's a lot of the stuff that's serendipitous. I mean, one of the other. I mean, not Neanderthals, but one of the other sort of really exciting sort of paleontological finds of the last, you know, 20, 30 years is. Um, the first findings, uh, you know, the earliest Homo erectus outside of Africa and Georgia hmm. at the site of Demonisi. Yeah. Which What's was Demonisi. It's, it was a medieval church oh, and there were archaeologists wow. there doing an excavation at this medieval church, digging up trash pits as archaeologists like to do. Yeah. You know, that's their they thing. Basically look at your old trash. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to think about that when I throw well, – I'm going to oh, yeah. selectively throw away interesting <laughs> yes. things. You'd be like, they're going to really be confused about what we were up to. And they ba and they basically just – you know, they dug down. They dug past the bottom of the bottom of the trash pit. 
Okay. And, you know, just, you know, to be sure, like, okay, maybe somebody threw some dirt in there and there's more garbage. Yeah. Cover that they, stuff up. And yeah. then they ran into a 1.8 year, million year old fossil. Cool. Just I mean, that's totally randomly. Well, because that was my question was, do we think that, do we look in caves because that's where we found things? And is that like preferential attachment? Like we're just going to keep looking in caves or people strewn about everywhere? Like if we dug far enough in Manhattan, would we find? Well, it would be horribly filthy, <laughs> but like what would we find? Is it possible that it's everywhere or is it likely that caves are preserving fossils more anyway? And so we're going to have more luck there. I, uh, I mean, I think for the Denisovans, the idea this is, you know, this is a rock shelter. You yeah. Know, this yeah. Uh, Some place where they might've been living or, but I mean, it might not have. I mean, like the bear could have killed them and dragged them in the cave sort of thing. I don't know that that's the case there. Oh, I like that one. That's um, haunting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that be the, is there cover imagery for this? Because this, that's this, what this I'm going to make this yeah. for the Netflix. I'm going to make a note for this. Yeah. Netflix. Bear dragging. Yeah, bear yeah. dragging. It'll oh, be the end of season two. Cat. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like you say in South Africa, a lot of it is what used to be caves, except they don't think that people were living in them. You know, these are the way that the caves formed. There would be like sort of sinkholes and, you know, bodies would get washed into the sinkhole also and dark. accumulate in the clay. Bodies will get washed into the sinkhole. That is not a sentence I planned on hearing no, today, but here we are. No yeah, way. I mean, that'll haunt me for a while. <laughs> Star talk. We're here to we're here to keep your day bright. Cool. Uh, no, but I, I, it, creating a fossil and it, it takes you know the right circumstances. You know, okay. yeah. you, you obviously don't want it to be su- super wet, and you know the drier the kind of okay. the climate usually the better things preserve. Yeah. and it's it's and and it. If you think of all the things that have died, very rarely do you become a fossil to become a fossil is pretty much kind of yeah, i'm gonna die in a cave on purpose you're gonna do this okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. just sort of like yeah make sure the circumstances are and, and we'll you know send people maybe yeah. time travel will be a thing so we'll send people in the future to find you okay cool it's also I'm writing this in the netflix yeah film. Exactly. i'm writing it into my will right there you go yeah. <laughs> leave andrea in a cave but it's um, i mean it's like so we already only see i, I don't understand what's going on so i'm going to make sure i understand so yeah. there's only there's there's caves and there's occasionally fossils in these caves and we're just getting the tiny glimmers of the few things that have been preserved, but there could be stuff everywhere and didn't become a fossil. Oh yeah. 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 So we, we're drowning in data, but it's yeah. data of such a tiny little glimpse of what it could be. At the same yeah, time. Yeah, Am I yeah, understanding yeah. that correctly? Yeah, exactly. Big things are found and not in caves. You know, there are, you know, hominins that have been found yeah. in, you know, places in Africa where they're actually. I and mean, there's, there's a whole sort of field of, I guess it sort of crosses between geology and paleontology. Like that's dedicated to like, what happens after you die? Cool. Like, you know, what are the, what, what happens to bodies after they die? Yeah. To try and understand the process of fossilization, yeah. what things get fossilized. You know, we know that some things get fossilized more than other things. Yeah. And yeah. So. Wow. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Cause it's essentially, you know, min- minerals replacing what, what is essentially bone and, and becoming a rock. Yeah. You know, and that, that's a lot, that's a long process. But I mean, it happens, and and I was going to get back to Rising Star Cave because what these cavers in South Africa who'd want, gone and down into a cave found this uh, these these bones and were able to discover a new species of Homo Homo naledi, um, which is actually a very young species, only about two hundred fifty thousand years old, as it turns out. Uh, but that just shows you that you know, like perseverance being ridiculously thin, yeah, uh, and being able to go into caves, yeah, can and uh, not even knowing that there's for sure something at the end of it, exactly. Later, I mean, the cavers weren't even looking. No. What were no, they doing was, in there? They're just, like, they're crazy Even people. We not want to know. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy people. What were they doing in the cave? It's not <laughs> a question you want to ask. Bodies into sinkholes, Andrea. What did you oh, say? Where are the bodies? Um, oh, the sinkhole. Right. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I'm curious what you, how, how you think this is going to go on in the future in terms of how this is going to change biological anthropology. Are you going to see more money being, um, you know, given to you know, genetic labs? 
Is this going to be more time in caves? How do you see this uh, moving forward? I mean, the technique that they used is definitely going to be used more because there's tons of scrappy fossils from all over the place that one might want to use. Um, I mean, in ancient DNA is already... Certainly, it's making big changes in our understanding of Neanderthals and Denisovans we didn't even know about not that long ago. But where it's really making a huge impact right now is more archaeological sort of time frames um, because there's at least 400 ancient DNA, you know, ancient DNA genomes from you know between 1,000 and 10,000 years ago now. Wow. Is that so? An archaeological time frame is more recent. Yeah. So, like okay. w- within the last ten, fifteen thousand years, okay. let's say. Okay. Um, you know, ancient DNA has kind of completely rewritten the story of the peopling of Europe. Okay. Um, starting to make impacts on you know peopling of Asia. Starting to make there's now a handful from Africa, so it's starting to make impacts on our understanding of African population history. So, I mean, that's where, I mean, it's already making a huge impact. Was there anything that, um, in, in recent discoveries, that surprised you in terms of the peopling of, of Europe or just even the populations in Africa? Um, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of sort of, I mean, Africa is fascinating and there's only a handful of them there for Africa because most of the, you know, the conditions in a lot of Africa, uh, a lot of African areas is not great for the preservation of skele- even skeletons necessarily. Um, so... But one of the things that we know from many, many studies of, you know, languages and morphology and genetics and whatnot is, you know, over the last three, 4,000 years, the sort of population landscape of Africa, like, totally rewrote itself. Like, there were huge migrations of people across Africa in the last three, 4,000 years, which kind of hides hmm. 200,000 years before that from us. Yeah. You know, so... Why? Because they're... One, there's bad conditions for fossils, and two, because they're walking around replacing what fossils yeah, there it, might be with their own. Well, not, not that they're replacing the fossils. It's just there aren't that many fossils from this time yeah. period. Uh, and, you know, for a lot of things, you know, we use people today as proxies for the past. And if, but if all around, the people from today are mm, the result of a really uh, relatively recent yeah, yeah, yeah. changeover. Very yeah. inconvenient for us. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it would be like, you know, it's kind of like trying to. Um, if you're in Manhattan and trying to, you know, study the history of people, you know, in Manhattan, you're not going to have much luck randomly sampling people in yeah, Manhattan today a very because transient you know, place. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They, they all, and, they, and the history that we, you know, the majority of the population in Manhattan today has is at most 400 years. You might be able to find somebody who's yeah. So yeah. genes history. essentially tell the story. It's <laughs> but you know, if we want there, we know that we. Like, we know historically there were people here before colonization. And if the people who are here now have replaced those before. I feel like this is can't. just a passive aggressive slam on all the women who moved to the city after sex in the city. It's just like you ah! came and replaced all our data. We were so close. Gosh, darn what it. What were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, but thank goodness they're here. I know. Uh, I wouldn't have you. I wouldn't. How uh, did you know? I was like, oh. <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're getting down to the, the, the wire of the show, the end of the show. Is there anything else you want to closing thoughts you have, Ryan, about uh, this fantastic discovery? Um. I mean, the one thing that I think is interesting, it's really interesting, it's unusual, there's probably something weird going on. Cool. 
in this area. Yeah. Nice. Because, because <laughs> yeah, I like hearing that. Yeah. Because we Neanderthals are a distinct lineage for 500,000 years and Denisovans as far as, you know, the little information we have on them appear to be a distinct lineage for that 500,000 years. That means they weren't like interbreeding all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this has to be like a rare a rare or say like where where we see this sort of thing in living animals is maybe this is just kind of right on the edge of both the Neanderthal and the Denisovan sort of range. Yeah. I mean, now I'm just like in Romeo and Juliet territory right. where like it's so Better it was like this was their Coachella right. or Burning Man and they all yeah. just kind of came together and it was like and mixture sensual. This is a very stupid question, but do they was there language or culture between that you don't know? Okay. Um like could they understand each other? I mean Neanderthals certainly have culture to some degree. Neat Denisovans presumably did. Yeah. Um, but they've even known that they were different. We don't know enough to. We don't know enough. I mean, it's yeah. like there's an argument about Neanderthal language. It's not clear. Like, did they have language? It might sound like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot. We don't know what they sound like. Oh, we're out of time, guys. I'm so right. bummed. No, this is this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go read about all this. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap this up. But uh, Andrea Jones Roy, tell us where people at home can find you. My home should. address. Um, <laughs> well, um, so I uh, perform at the Lantern Comedy Club, and I also do a show about political science at Caveat on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and I'm all over the internet. Well, would you have an at at Twitter? At Jonesroy, my last name, no hyphen. Great. Yeah. Thank you. You were fantastic. Thank you. This was super fun. Yeah. And yeah. Dr. Ryan Rom, thank you for bringing your genetic know-how and whatnot. Thank you for having for me. the show. Oh, it's a good time. Yes. And uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, make sure you stay curious and keep looking up or down because you might find the next uh, hominin hybrid. Yeah, I'm going to go dig through the trash now. <laughs> I've been your host, Natalia Reagan. Uh, keep tuning in. 